0: The category is podcast realness. 10, <laughs> 10, 10, 10. Is it four tens or five tens?
1: Sometimes it's four, sometimes it's five.
0: Is it? All right. Yeah. Cool. I'm so excited about the show. But before we get to talking about the show, Andre's going to like let us know what's happening. Oh, by the way, it's Andre and Lisa and Ian. Yeah, you know, so, okay. And Andre has some stuff to tell you guys about that I never do. So I'm so excited about this part that he's decided to do.
1: Yay. Yay. So, yeah, we're, we're trying to get more, you know, um, listener involvement and, you know, boost our social media a little bit. So, at the beginning of each episode, we're going to sort of plug in all our social media just so people know where to find us. Um, if you want to email us for any, you know, long form discussions or comments that you want to make about whatever we're covering, you can email us at ashlinpodcast at gmail.com. Be nice. And for social. Be nice, yes.
0: Don't be a dick. This goes
1: for. Exactly. It's good for everything. Um, but if you're you going to be reach... dick, be
0: funny. Okay,
1: sorry. I'll stop interjecting <laughs> now. Go ahead. If you want to reach us on Twitter, it's at Ashland Podcast. Um, same thing for Instagram. And our website is ashlynpodcast.com. It's pretty pretty straightforward. But, yeah, if you guys have any comments and suggestions about what we, you want us to do next, anything that we've done before, or any comments on shows, you know, whatever's sure. going on in pop culture.
0: Or just share random. And we might thoughts read it on the having. show. Who knows? Yeah, I think so. If you have any random thoughts go, about yeah. stuff, it could just be a random joke or a thought. Uh, well, also, like I love this about um, Chris Hardwick's uh, podcast. Uh, welcome back to Talking Dead, Chris Hardwick. Uh, I, I do love that he, you know, they have a community, community cork board. We don't mind plugging your stuff either. So, you know, tell us what you want us to to plug and talk about. Well, we're so happy to yeah. like. Flow power to our homies out there. So if there's something that you want attention uh, about, just tell us about it, and we'll read it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind ripping that off from uh, from Chris. It works. It's very effective. The flow power.
1: Yeah, a lot of pac- podcasts do it anyway. So
0: yeah. Word. Um. Cool. Pose. So. Oh my god, I was bawling like a baby during the finale. I was crying so hard. I'm Me so glad. Me too. Oh, I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I was a little gassed up on White Wine, so, you know, was extra kind of emotional. <laughs> but yeah. So, what were your thoughts about this entire first season of Pose? Whew.
1: Man, I don't know where to begin. Um, I honestly, I was expecting like a, being it being like a Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk show, I was definitely, you know, expecting the sort of standard because. Big fan of their, you know, American Horror Story show. Maybe not the most recent seasons, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this show is just, <laughs> yeah, we can talk about it later. Yes. Um, this show is just so good, and it's so, like, it's just so heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time. Right. Like, I feel like that's the only way I can describe it. And it's a very, very character-driven show, like a lot of Ryan Murphy shows as well. Um, the characters are very like active, like they they they're the ones that sculpting the plot versus reacting to anything that's outside of their control. Mm. Uh, you know, barring the whole AIDS crisis. Um, but yeah, I I do have one gripe with the show, but I don't want to say it now because what we can talk about it later.
2: Okay.
1: Um. But one thing I also loved about the show is the concept of like found family. Yes. Um. I think that's a big thing within the queer community, and it's been going on like that for a very long time. And the show really, I ha- I think it really handles it really well. Yes. Um. And I I'm gonna have to be honest. I didn't know. I'm assuming this whole like mothers and like the balls i'm assuming this actually happened back in that time because yes. i had no yes. idea that this was a thing that's yeah. yeah that that was what was really cool to me i had no idea that there was you know women taking in like calling themselves mothers and taking in kids who like you know, kick it out of their house like damon or people who are just living you know homeless without parents um that was really cool that was really cool yeah. to learn about that stuff
0: well, I think, you know, talking about that, and this is why I was saying I'm I'm pro-gang in a lot of ways, and I know people might misconstrue what that means, but it's very much like, you know, when you don't have a mother or a father and, you're, and you know, your community takes care of you, and, and I know that's controversial that maybe that's, you know, a gang, but, you know, there's a time in... in and there still is when that's all you have is your, yep. your blended family. And that's how this community stuck together. It's a very stigmatized community then. I think it is now. Um, and how I relate to it just so much is because me and all my friends, we were other, you know, especially in a small town in the South. And so I was one of those people who – I mean, I was an informal mother – But everybody came to my house for Friday night meals or Sunday night meals. And if you got kicked out of your house for your parents finding out that you were gay um, or whatever reason, it didn't take much where I came from to get kicked out of the house. You didn't go to the church or you didn't blah, 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 you know, uh, marry, you know, Billy Bob. You know, you got kicked out of the house. And and my house would always become the bastion of those places, you know, the sanctuary, if you will. And, you know, we just – It very much, it struck me to the core like that. Like, that's how I related because I I lived this way. Um, Like, I I left my house when I was 17 and uh, been on my own ever since. And so I remember all those houses right up until probably when I got married at 35 the first time. This is kind of how I lived in this kind of communal blended family. Um, I just Mm -hmm. didn't know about this specific aspect of it in New York. But, man, I just... I related to it, and I think that's why I cried every single episode. I'm like, "Oh, she's taking him in." Damon has a place to live. Um, yeah, and, and there's just so much about this show that that touched me and that I related to. And like you, I was I got an education about this time because even though mm-hmm. I'm of the age that could remember this time, this is, this wasn't my specific culture. I, you know, I was in the South yeah. in the '80s, so I just I love to see how Murphy. Murphy shocks us. He did this with he did this with Feud. He did this with uh, people versus O. J. Simpson. He has these moments where it's like he does And even
2: um like the um the Versace one too. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like 'cause like it wasn't
0: camp or yeah drag or you yeah. know, it wasn't like, you know, show drag. Yeah.
2: Scream yeah. Queens or, yeah. or the other ones that he does, Whole American Horror Story. It I love
0: that shit though. Trust me, I'll like yeah. eat my popcorn and sit there and watch that shit too. But, but this,
2: I mean, yeah. this, I mean, this one here, I think was the best that he's done so far. I think far. so.
0: I think so. Yeah. What did you like? What's your what's your what did you dig about Pose?
2: I just I really liked. I mean, this was you know I really liked it to, to see these stories. I mean, these are stories uh, that need to be seen. You know, we yes. need to have to understand what it was like in the 80s. There's a whole generation of people, you know, who lived through that, the AIDS uh, crisis. Yeah, stand standing
0: on their shoulders, yeah. You
2: know, and it was, it's just, it's stories that need to be told. And then, you know, the, the gay and the trans uh, uh, world, their stories need to be told. We need to hear what they go through.
0: And we need to hear the story of these white men who are married, who have to have... That fetish and that too. I mean,
2: it's like
0: I have a trans friend who used to be. She was a sex worker, and I remember her saying something. She's no longer now. She has her own her own business, but for the longest time, that was the work that she could find was being a sex worker. And she was she's here in L.A. And she said, you know, thank God for those men. Thank God for all of those, you know, daddies who needed to get you know their she-male action on the side. I mean, that's not a. I'm not calling them that. Community family don't come after me. But that's what she was saying. She was like, "Thank God for those yeah. men because I wouldn't have like I wouldn't have eaten, you know." Thank God, and she said they loved all that attention and they were very respectful and, you know, as much as you can see that as a kink or fetishizing. She's like, "That paid my rent for a good decade." Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to. It was wanna...
1: a way of surviving. It
0: was a way of surviving, and then there's also those men who truly find. Um, Something with themselves that, that says, you know, they see it like the, his, I think that, uh, you know, Evan Peters' character, Stan's wife, Kate Mara drags into like the psychiatrist to go, what is wrong with you? And there's nothing wrong with Stan, honey. <laughs> it, I don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with Stan. He just, can he live in this world, even if it is New York, you know? I think that's still stigmatized, it's definitely in this world, that you can't be out with your trans girlfriend. I mean, I still think you'd get shit for that. So, And trans yeah. women die on the regular. A trans woman was murdered, what, a handful of days ago. So... Mm-hmm. There's so much going on with like, yes, it sucked then, and AIDS was a pandemic, and it got everybody. And our characters, Blanca and Pratel, you know, they have this diagnosis, and I'm just so fearful for them in season yeah. two. I'm like, I do please don't take Pratel. Well,
1: <laughs> well, going back to what Ian was saying about the the AIDS crisis, I think it's it's interesting to see it through the the 2018 lens. Because, you know, with the rise of, you know, PrEP medication and there's this new study that we might see an HIV vaccine next year. Um, and this was, you know, 1980s. So, th- I mean, the government was pretending they that this wasn't happening, that that's, this didn't exist. They were letting these people die. They were letting they were. the queer community die. They thought it was God's retribution. Like, it, I mean... I think there was also a factor of it.
0: There was was that attitude. There was also uh, they didn't know what to do. Like a pandemic hadn't been really on American shores on this level since the 1918. They called it the Spanish flu for a reason. Uh, The Spanish were the only ones who didn't repress uh, the multiple deaths in their newspapers. So they said it broke out in Spain when, in fact, the 1918 flu is proven by the founders of the Johns Hopkins um, University that it, it broke out in Kansas out of an army barracks. So, you know, we had yeah. and we we barely had our shit together then. Like millions, 100 million people around the world died and when this came out, I mean, even those who gave a shit they were just slow to act. And it was because of Act Up in New York really raising fucking hell about it and, you know, wonderful these brave um activists activists were in this in the streets, you know, and you'd see them die, and then somebody else would take up the mantle, and then somebody else would die and take up the mantle. And it was just a whole yeah. lot of screaming because the government, A, didn't care, and then B, even if they did, they didn't know what to do. And then they were they were giving him that cocktail at the time that was just basically a death sentence.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and then people are on experimental drugs. And, all of, and, you know, I lost eight of my friends in a pretty – it, was, it felt like it all happened at the same time. It really happened over about three and a half years, and we were all scared to death and angry as hell. And uh, that I relate to. That I remember I was part of an ACT UP uh, group out of Atlanta, and we were going to the CDC, screaming at those guys about, like, we weren't screaming at them. We were trying to have a dialogue about, like, where are you? Are you doing Brain. anything? Are you, are you doing Brain. anything at all? at all.
1: Well, I mean, that's I mean, that's also like just another big part of US history that is sort of glossed over because yeah. I do not remember learning about any of this stuff in, you know, my, you know, history class or like health classes or anything. Yeah. We definitely learned about like the AIDS virus and the hiv virus we learn about those and how you contract them and what they do to you but we we don't seem to talk about about how it was in pandemic in the 1980s and that the government did nothing about it
0: i think it was um, such a dark so time. now <laughs> yeah
1: it really was it really was but i think now the show is sort of you know revisiting that and seeing well what what was it like how were people in that community sort of dealing with this like being you know just completely ignored and it's great because the show is like full of characters that are sort of taking their own agency you know blanca refuses to let her diagnosis put her down that's right um same thing same thing with pray you know and there was even a point where he says um i don't get tested anymore because you know what's what's the point we're all going to get it at some point and it's the whole thing, like I was saying, like the balance of like really heartwarming stuff like Blanca taking in Damon or taking in Poppy at the um, the season finale. And then all the stuff with like Pretel and his boyfriend was really sad as well. Like, it's, oh my God. you know, the show does the show does a really good job of making you really care about these characters. And one character that I did not think I was ultimately going to care about at the end, I think you already had of me, is Electra. Yes. Yeah, the yeah. arc she goes through in the show is so amazing. I'm glad they gave like that to Because like the first her. episode, you see her, yeah. If you see her, she's very rude, demanding. They're robbing a museum, and she's sort of her. I guess reputation is like stripped away episode by episode. People are leaving her. She loses her gentleman caller after she um gets that surgery, and now she's having to find jobs you know in in an Indian restaurant as a hostess and yeah. it's just really it just happens so organically as well
0: okay so. Before we go on to uh, Dominique Jackson, who plays Electra, and oh my God, I'm so with you on that point. I want to go back to something that you said earlier, and uh, we were talking about what. What I appreciated about this series series so much because I've seen now, uh, throughout the decades, just people hailing the um, the AIDS pandemic. Uh, I'm always going to call it a pandemic, guys. It was always a mm-hmm. pandemic. But you know, you have Angels in America, and you have and the Band Played On, and all of these, you know, wonderfully um wrought and well done productions, but they are pretty fucking heavy. And this topic is heavy and this time was heavy. And there's a lot of us who live through it that don't want to talk about it all the time because it it sucked. (laughs) It was just it was so draped in such a misery. You were bouncing between the hospital and planning memorials and going on marches and visiting. Like I don't know how we all like slept or ate or made a living. It was crazy what i appreciate about what pose did put, what pose has done and what ryan murphy has injected into it along with janet mock is that they haven't made this this funeral dirge they are saying we're, recogni- yeah. we're recognizing the aids crisis we're recognizing that our characters are positive but they're also positive about their lives as you're saying you know that's mm. the backdrop of where we are but it's yeah. they're not mired in it you know and it's in the, that's a really good. Point. It's in this festive yeah. world that ballroom is a sanctuary, and in like the most vicious thing that's going to happen to you is that pray Tell is going to read your ass, you know, in a deliciously wicked and, and evil way. But like we're just we're all here for it, and it, it kind of toughens them up as well, you know, being accepted in the world, passing as you were. Um, putting on that mantle, pretend if it's the military night, you know, it's playing dress up, but it's also, yeah. it's like this church. It's a church. That's a, that's yeah. a cathedral, you know? And and I loved that. Yes. AIDS is, is a story that we're telling and the pandemic, but we're not just like throwing on black clothes and just walking around with their heads hung low. So I appreciate that so much, but let's go yeah, back to Electra. <laughs> oh my God. I was just like, we all were like, I love Dominique Jackson as her but I was like, please don't just leave this character here and they as you said, they redeemed her so, a little interesting yeah. thing I read about. I found that there was this really sorry? Go ahead, no, keep going Go.
1: Oh, sorry. Uh I was I was just gonna say there's this really cool thing that Dominique Jackson does with Electra is that when she's sort of playing the role of the mother and like sort of throwing shade at everybody, she like over enunciates everything. I don't know if you notice yes. she over enunciates, but when she's talking to like like When she, like, at the very, you know, last couple of episodes, when she's, like, down and, like, talking to Blanca, she doesn't really do that no. too much. And then when she comes back and, you know, shades the, the House of Ferocity, it's back with that over-enunciation. And I thought that was a really, like, interesting character court. I love it. I mean, it's she, part of her
0: mask, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. It's part of her armor. Um, I mean, and also I didn't know this about Dominique Jackson. I was reading about all these actors today. Um, she's from Tobago, right? She's, um... She couldn't live in her community as a trans person, so she, she came to America pretty quick. And, you know, here's the interesting thing that she has in common with Electra, and especially this last couple of episodes, she was a sex worker to pay the bills. Um, she modeled for free, mm-hmm. and she was homeless. And I read this weird story, I don't know if it's not weird, but I read this kind of strange or interesting story, I'm not trying to make it a negative thing, where I think it's India Moore... Went to some sort of after-school counseling thing because Dominique got her shit together, got off her drugs, started respecting herself. Because she's like, if if nobody thinks anything of me, then why should I? But then she kind of like found herself. And I think she was participating in some after-school kind of programs in New York uh, for trans kids. And India Moore, who plays Angel, she said this is the first trans person she had ever met, you know, like that. So I think they mm-hmm. knew each other from the day. And if I had that wrong, somebody correct me, but I was reading that. And it was a New York Post article, and we know that's not really a good source. So you know how the New, new <laughs> York Post can be. Um, but, yeah, I, it, that over enunciation at first I took with Dominique, forgive me, Electra fans. It annoyed me because I was like – I was looking at her IMDb. I'm like, well, she hasn't – she's only been in Strut. You know, she's very new to acting, and you, and you put mm-hmm. her up against – Mj Rodriguez is Blanca, and um, obviously Billy Porter is Pratel, and and others, even uh, Haley Shahar, and and Angelica Ross. You're, it's very, it 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 definitely looks like she's got the less acting experience than the others. So I was hmm. like, surely Ryan is working with her. But then, as she let it slip and could be normal, like with her lover Christopher Maloney's character. When she's being real with Angel, I mean, with Blanca at the table in the diner, I was like, oh, it's an affectation. It was me. And because for all those episodes, I was like, ooh, Ryan, get in there and work with that. But I was like, oh, that was just me misunderstanding what Dominique was doing with the character. Because there's no one like Electra on, you know, on TV. Mm -hmm. you know oh totally so no i think that's interesting that i think that's interesting
1: that you thought that uh i definitely noticed it when when she first came on screen and started talking but i thought it was just like a you know character decision um but no that's that's really interesting
0: i you know and also just looking at these performances um i just love me some evan peters i love him and everything Mm -hmm. can he just get the mvp award of just he just comes along for ryan's Whatever Ryan is asking him to do, he does it. And he just steps into the skin of these characters. I love him as Stan. I love his relationship with Angel. Uh, I'm rooting for these crazy kids. I love that Angel made her first TV dinner.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well... I'm hoping that some of these characters will stop making appearances in other Ryan Murphy shows. Yes. Like, because I know, because you know how he has like his sort of like acting troupe. He does. Like his sort of main panel of actors, yes. Evan Peters among them. I'm wondering if maybe some of these actors will start start coming into other stories. I think that could be really I hadn't
0: cool. even thought about that. I um, would love to see India Moore or MJ or Dominique or Billy or any of mm-hmm. these ladies and, and gents and anything. That is, oh, it just made my heart sing. Come on, Ryan. Listen to Andre. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I do want to say, though, I did mention that there was one gripe about the show um, that I had, and it's at, it actually was the Stan and Angel storyline, um, mostly because I was kind of watching it and being like, why? Why?
0: Oh, just Basically. why at all?
1: Why at all, exactly, because I mean, like, I, I again I love me V and Peters, but I've the more I watch the show, the more it's sort of paying back to him and like, you know, cheating on his wife and his kids and I, I'm just like, I'm not really digging this at all. No. I'm not really I'm not really buying it, no. Because like for me, like I guess having Angel like sort of willingly like shack up with this guy she knows has a wife. I mean, I know it's like sex worker thing, you know, she has to make a living somehow, but then she I don't know, I'm not blaming her in any way but i feel like this story was it just didn't really fit it was like a puzzle piece that like had like one extra thing but it was like jammed into place for Mm. me i don't know it didn't really run alongside with the main plot for me too much just didn't really you know equal out to me
0: it's interesting you should say that because i was reading a, a little interview with india and she initially went in and she um auditioned for blanca and mm-hmm. there you know, when Ryan later said, Why didn't you want Angel? and she's like I mean her story is just so bland. It's like she's like every trans girl I've ever known. She just wants to pass. And that's that's mm-hmm. their dream, is to, you know, live in the suburbs and have a husband who's like a stray guy, you know, and she said, I just I found that boring, and, and Murphy said, you know, we have a Blanca, and I, we just bring something to India, and I think, it's, I think the reason I forgive that story probably is because I love Evan Peters and India more so much that I'm, I'm willing to forgive that story, and like let it breathe this first season, and maybe see where it goes, but I, I guess I'm reading it mm-hmm. more as Angel finally, she chased the car, she finally got what she wanted, and it didn't matter. Like, it was like, oh this is what this is. I don't want this. And then Stan, you know, mm-hmm. is playing in the streets with something and doesn't know what he wants either. And I feel like there's a whole load of hurt coming for him. I'm forgetting. Did they end up together? Did they get back together?
2: No. She, remember, there was they were outside. She goes back
0: to hooking, doesn't she?
2: She... It, I
1: thought they... I thought they ended up together.
2: No, she... Because she, I thought Stan said he's leaving his wife. Yeah, but remember, um, they, they were, she was talking to him outside, and she's like, you're not listening to me. It's what I, what I wanted. Right. But I have a family now. Right. Oh, and yeah. then okay. she goes back in with Blanca.
0: Yeah, and he's like, he's being all weirded out in the bar and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm still, I don't know, because I guess he is representative of the straight world that's curious. Yeah. There's so many of these MAGA people and right wing people that you know they just want to know somebody and they, what they did cool was, or you know somebody different and then this is what happens when you get it like you just don't know what to do with it
2: and he, it was interesting how that you know that that character's story is like he's working for Trump yeah and and that whole oh, environment yeah, right. and then you know Vanderbeek's character and then they get in the fight yeah. And then he doesn't get fired because they encourage violence. They're there. like, "Yeah,
0: do you have a mistress, Yo, yeah." You're just you know, trying, so trying to like, get oh. if She's black or Dominican.
1: Yeah, I I just found I I don't know I just found it all kind of gross. You didn't like honestly. you don't like you don't because I mean like, no, not really. And I I swear to God when that one scene where stan like comes in late and like they're in their meeting with trump and he says is, this, is he still in there i'm like oh god please don't <laughs> give me like a younger trump please don't oh I'm yeah really that would be it. like really
0: gross <laughs> nobody wants to do that um and again yeah they're
1: like no he left already i'm like oh okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> i can see it being of two minds but definitely trump's rise was in the 80s this is when he was a superstar this is when you couldn't I mean, I remember interacting with people in New York in the 80s, and we talked about Trump all the time. That's why by the time he came to run for president, people were like, who is this guy? I'm like, he's a fucking, fucking piece of shit. Like, he's been this guy. He's been a loud loudmouth, loud know-nothing, busted-ass businessman since the day, right? And all of the people mm-hmm. who followed him then before you got the Bubba... Tiki torch um, Nazis. You had these pieces of shit. These Vanderbeek uh, guys. And I, I love. It. By the way, can I just say I just love James Vanderbeek. I fucking love this motherfucker. He is. He's embracing it. He knows how to play this guy. He has a sense of humor. He's very self aware. Just in general. And I just. I don't know. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind that Murphy is kind of showcasing New York in this way, framing it in this way. Because you have the the Dick Ford character, Christopher Milani, who he's he has it all. Um, and he's bored with life Mm -hmm. and he needs this fetish, you know, like he needs a new Rolex and a new car. He needs, you know, Electra to be this thing. And it's kind of shining a light on that. But I feel you, I mean, I think we're also experiencing a lot of Trump satire and ridicule burnout in this country. So I can see where I'd be like, Jan, do we have to have it in every, do I have to have... This entree at every single fucking meal I'm having. You know, I can I can feel that a lot yeah. too. Yeah, like, I mean,
2: like like Andrew was saying, if they if they did have him as a younger Trump on screen, it'd be like, okay, that's just that went over too much. That no, it's over over the top.
0: I would have worried that um, they would have had a young Trump trying to get in the car with Angel, and I'd be like, Angel, run, <laughs> run, girl, <laughs> run, run. Yeah, I feel it. I mean, again,
1: yeah, I would have definitely. No, go ahead. I, I I was just gonna say I would have definitely would want to see more of like I would have loved more to find out more about like Poppy's story and his background. Yes. Um, like why why how did he get into like dealing drugs? You know how why why is he doing you know what he does? How is he acting? Um, you know, for me he was kind of there to like be a plot device, being like the first kid Blanca that she has to kick out. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, that's sort of a character conflict for her, but I would love to see a lot more than that rather than this whole standing angel thing. Because I mean, like we already kind of get that with Electra and her, does he have a name? Dick Ford. Dick Ford. Yeah. I feel, I feel like we had enough of that, you know, when he left her after she got the surgery, I I get that there was a sort of fetishization about, you know, quote unquote, she males, um, but I, th- I just feel like you know Stan- the Stan and angel story was just not very. I feel it did, you didn't sit well with I feel me. You.
0: I think it comes down to something that's very important because uh, you know first on the call sheet is um, is going to be Evan Peters and once you you're you know you put your boy in something you're going to have to give him something to do. But I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm think now you've kind of brought me over to the side of we probably should have given Angel a more interesting story. You know. Um, yeah. We probably could definitely do that. And it had to be about the girls the first season. I mean, I understand. I love me some little poppy. Oh, my God. I love him so much. And this is Angel's uh, first role ever, and he's killing it. So at least the first role Mm -hmm. on IMDb. He might have done theater or whatever before. So, Angel, I'm not, like, dissing you or anything. I'm just saying. But, yeah, and I I feel like over the seasons, we'll get at least what two or three out of this. Um, I hope to spend more time with Angel as well, as well as Dylan and, and, and a lot of other characters on here. Like I'm, I'm interested in like Angela's story, um, Angela Ross's story, her character, or like those other the other kids that came from uh, Electra's house. And mm-hmm. I want to spend a little bit yeah, more time with totally. these stories. And there's so many ways you can go. But once you stack the deck with Evan Peters, I don't know what you could have done with Evan except for you see a man. And this is maybe where they're going in season two. That maybe what Stan is chasing is his own trans identity, that maybe he is trans himself and that he doesn't like he's attracted to Angel, but maybe not in the way that he even understands at this point. Maybe he's attracted to what Angel has done with her life. So I wouldn't be surprised if they added something like that to the story, and I don't know how that'll play out. I don't know how the community will take that. I just... It kind of annoys me that he's top of the call sheet, top of the billing, because... I was like, oh, man, we had such a good shot at this, and now he's, like, he's up here, you know? And, um... Yeah. That was kind of like how... I, it's a trans show. S- can't we just have, like... Can't we just start with MJ Rodriguez, yeah. and then Dominique, and then India, and Billy, and and then maybe he's, like, fifth build and maybe he doesn't get that many pages... That was my only thing, is that yeah. just get out of the way of that a little bit. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'd probably even say like I kind of like going looking forward for season two. It might be interesting to have like the straight white character sort of be in this world and sort of have to first overcome his like internalized you know whatever. Um, with this community, and then sort of learning the ways, you know, of, of how this community works, um, and yeah, the, it might be interesting. I feel like they might be leaning more towards like um, maybe him finding out that he's gay, or maybe fingers crossed, bisexual. Um, I feel like that 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 could also yeah. Be interesting. I mean, any of
0: those things work. Um, I mean, it doesn't have to be. As, I mean, I think maybe him tra- him transitioning would be on the nose probably, and that would probably annoy me. Hmm. But I like your idea of him like being bisexual. Yeah. I think he would be yeah. he'd play and then being like, well, how do I do this? And they're like, welcome to my world. <laughs> Can't be seen above, you know, Houston with a dude or get your ass beaten this America. What did you think mm. of the music? Were you curious about any of these mm. songs? Cause for me, it took me back, but I'm the only old ass person who's, uh, who remembers when I don't think y'all were born. But, uh,
1: <laughs> do you mean like the music in the balls? I'm talking
0: about just the music or like in general? throughout the entire series because there's just some bomb ass soundtrack going on with this entire season. Maybe nobody noticed, hmm. but there was a lot of the balls had some great songs too. But just the songs of their transition and songs that were using a lot of pop music from the day, and I was like, hell yeah, that got me more excited than anything sometimes.
1: Mm, that's interesting. I don't think it registered too much with really? me. Really? Yeah, I don't think I don't think so. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of like surprised at you. you would be like coming <laughs> back with like, "What is this song?" Um, maybe it just all sounds like that. No, 80s. I think I think
1: <laughs> possibly. Yeah, it might be that I, I probably didn't recognize any of it. Um, that's interesting, though. I do, can we can we talk about the balls for a second? Yes, though? let's
0: talk about the balls a lot
1: because <laughs> I, I since love nobody remembers anytime, the music with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, did, did you have any any else? No, I don't. I don't need anything.
0: to do an entire you know half an hour on music. Puerto Pose. <laughs> I'm just saying it was delightful, and delicious, and I appreciated it. And thank you, Ron Murphy. Okay, fine. Okay, okay. and continue. I, with I just the balls. want to make sure. That's no, fine.
1: <laughs> but no, yeah. Anytime, anytime it uh, transitioned to the balls, I was like, yes, this is my favorite part of the show. Um, I don't know. It was just first of all, Pratal's sort of hosting <sighs> and the way. <laughs> He sort of like throws shade when he needs to and gives praise when he needs to as well. I don't know, Billy Porter just does such, such an amazing oh, amazing job with this character. Favorite
0: character. Um
1: yeah, and and I honestly didn't expect for him to be such a main character. Um, I thought that he was just going to be the guy at the balls that announces the categories, but now we, we, we got that and now we, the show sort of takes him in and now we're digging deeper into, you know, like his boyfriend that's in the hospital and how he feels about the AIDS crisis going on and everything. Um, him taking the boys to go get tested was probably my favorite thing about the show. I don't know. It was just like, it was just really pure. He was just sat them all down and he's like, you're going to get tested. We all have to make sure we're not spreading this thing. You know, it's mandatory. It's not optional. Um, but yeah, the ball's absolutely amazing. I did feel bad though with the whole candy situation. Yeah. Like of her not having the body at first, like the first time it happened, I felt bad. By the by, you know the show's end, I was just like, I really don't care about you. Um, but I did, I did sort of feel bad about the way she was like sort of treated for not having, you know, the the silicone injections and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and, I, and I'm glad the show touched on that as well.
0: There is a lot of, I mean, if you watch, I mean, I don't know if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race, um. I mean, and I've known a lot of drag queens. I've maybe known, I want to say, three trans queens who did ball. I didn't go to the balls in Atlanta. We had balls. But I didn't go. I don't know if I was ever invited. Um, which now that I think about it, it hurts my feelings. But uh, I would go to gospel brunch. <laughs> and I would go to like a couple of other things. But I don't think I ever went to... I did. I was working a shit ton in the 80s. So I can just tell you, probably didn't have time to go. But mm-hmm. one of the things that I... That struck me about this is just—I kind of lost my train of thought, but I'm just going to keep pushing on through. Is that they feature all of these legends uh, in the background? Now that wasn't my thought. What were you saying before that? And then I can pick up my thought. I was just sort of like my my brain just went off in this other direction because I was thinking about balls. It doesn't. The... Billy Porter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, the read, yeah. the read. The read. The read. The read. Yeah, yes. So I would hear like the girls would come back from like a drag weekend or a drag show and I would hear about the stuff sometimes second and third hand again. I was like working some crazy overnight shifts. I was covering a lot of bus uh, bus bombings in Israel for a long time and then Rwanda. So, and then I did OJ and I just, I would listen to everybody bitch on the weekends about how they got read really hard at the bar, um, or at the show. And like, you know, there was a lot of Husky girls trying to like squeeze themselves into some outfits, you know, and some of them had a hard look. And some of them were just like they were day players because, you know, they were passing for just gay, you know, walking around. But then they were trying to, like, have this little thing on the side. You could tell, like, some of them really wanted it. And there'd be, like, a hard read on stubble and shoulders and Adam's apple reads and a lot of hurtful shade. And there'd be, like, Mm -hmm. there'd be a lot of snatching of wigs. I I, I heard a, a story. I wasn't there. But, like, there was a big drag ball fight and somebody we because i would spend the weekends with a lot of my roommates in buckhead in atlanta sewing beads on dresses and your fingers bleed Mm -hmm. it's just like no girl do not wear a beaded dress or just buy it pre-beaded or sequined but so these these ball dresses would take lots of man hours to put together it reminded me of theater when i was in college i was a theater major and we would just we'd make our costumes and you'd be threading and stitching and Mm i was a scenic painter and it was a lot of effort, and I was tired by then. But one girl put another girl's ball gown that was heavily beaded to shoved it down the toilet and pissed on it. And there was like police had to be called, and wigs were snatched. Oh my God! And mug shots were taken. <laughs> so there is wow. a lot of drama in that world, and I don't. I mean, I think it's because there. I mean, it would take maybe a psychologist, or it takes somebody who's in that world or went to balls to tell you, it seems harsh to us, but I feel like there's also just like this love about it too. Even with like candy getting, mm-hmm. and I thought candy passes. I think candy looks pretty good. So I'm not getting like linebacker read off yeah. of anybody, you know, and they're like they're giving shit to MJ's character for Blanca for like, look, looking kind of heavy. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that kind and of having stuff. having like
1: stubble. Yeah.
0: So it's like, yeah, but it, like, to us as an outsider, maybe that seems harsher than it actually is. But I'm also, feelings do get hurt. I'm telling you. Lots of sucking of teeth mm-hmm. and lots of, I mean, the entire time snapping. I lived in, yeah, lots of snapping. I lived in Buckhead uh, with three or four boys, and there was always like six or seven other people around. There was always somebody fighting. Always, always somebody fighting. Just... Lord have mercy. After a while, I was like, I got out of drama. I got out of theater, and now I'm with y'all queens. I'm going to go live by myself so I can just drink in peace, be, be an alcoholic in peace, and read a book. Because it, <laughs> it got loud all the time. So, <laughs> What I was going to ask you guys, too. Um, I mean, I know who my favorite character is, and I probably said it. Who's your favorite character, Ian?
2: Ooh. I'd have to say probably Pray Tell. Yeah. I just... Yeah, and, and then the those the ball scenes. Those those were the, the most fun.
0: I lived for the balls, yeah. too. And, yeah. it, and
2: it's like, it, you know, it, it starts up and you just like, you're glued. Like, what are they going to do? What's going to... What are the, the dance moves? Who's oh, coming he, in? Yeah. And then sort of like that popping and locking thing they do. I don't know what it is, but it's like...
0: The voguing? Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's wild. The voguing, yeah.
0: Awesome, that's how we thought dancing went for a longest time. So.
2: So yeah, but I mean, yeah, uh, all of their stories, the the characters, I just I was invested in all of them.
0: So you weren't like bored by the Angel and Stan character.
2: I wasn't bored by it. You know, maybe I, was it your top tier story? It wasn't my top tier story, but it, I mean, it it to me it just it 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 was part of the, you know, everything. It's like, there's that part of, you know, life that, you know, just like with, uh, um, what's her name? Um, missing the name. I'm terrible with names. Uh, from, uh, the other house, the the first house, Electra, Electra, like her story with her man.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, it's like, it's just, it's part of their life. So,
0: I did feel bad for her when she tried to go back into the penthouse, and then the yeah. other girl was, like, called
2: up. Yeah, well, that that shit was quick. And then it was yeah. like – like, he even said, don't do this, and then she did it. And I was like, what were you expecting?
0: Well, I mean, and again, you see sort of the bookends between what Angel wants and what Electra wants, you know. I don't think Angel's necessarily looking for a bottom surgery. She knows that – the transformation is inside her. And I think she just wants to have that recognized. And I think she gets that from her house. Whereas Mm Electra needed the... And we all... Again, what I love about this show, and I want to say this about... This is my opinion, but not all trans people are the same. They don't have to want... Not all gay people are the same. Not all bisexuals are all the same. Not all heterosexuals, even though that's not a real thing. that They're not all the same. So... Mm-hmm. I like that Electra needed the physical transformation to feel like a woman, even though it cost her everything. And Angel got what she wanted, and it had no meaning because what she's looking for is internal. Not to say that Electra is not having an internal st- journey either, but all of these women and all of these characters are on their own journey. You know, um, pray tell... He's not like any, you know, he's not just gay in one way. And how he handled Costas' death. You know, Costas says, I want you to mourn for one day and cry your eyes out. And then I need you to fucking live. You know, and then him mm-hmm. going out on his date and, you know, saying he's positive, And now we see this renewal. I mean, like, yes, some of these stories have to be kind of boiled down a little bit, I want to say. Uh, not that Ryan Murphy is running a PSA program, but there mm-hmm. is kind of a due diligence here to introduce this, because there's no show like this yes. on TV. Like, Transparent exactly. Transparent yeah. is garbage. I'm sorry, I'll say it out loud. Transparent is fucking garbage, and I I tried to watch that garbage and accept it as a thing, but you lost me at Jeffrey Tambor out of the gate before we even knew what a he is. But, like... I just – this is the first show for me to tell a trans story, and so we have to sit still for some origin story shit. And I think that's what's happening. Although a lot of us, we've been on this page and past this page all of our lives. We'd like it to start on like chapter 17 you know, mm-hmm. we got to start with the introduction, I reckon. Do
2: you do you think we're going to see yeah. any of the other houses? Like when they were doing Mother of the Year in, that la- in the finale. And he had, you know, those like four or five different houses that we had never even oh my God. touched on. Yeah. Do you think maybe in season two we'll be able to see the... the- Incorporate that, or will it just be another? You know, we know that there's other houses out there.
1: I don't think so. I I don't think we. I don't think we'll see. I don't think the the show sort of is going to prioritize. I think they're going to prioritize the characters that they already have. They might introduce some new characters. I think. Um, I just lost. Oh yeah, I was going to say yeah. I like what you said about that this show is sort of the only show of its kind because I think the only show that has gotten this like close to this caliber of trans storytelling is, um, orange is the new black with Laverne Cox's character. Um, that was sort of, but then they buried her. I remember
0: (laughs) after season one, it was like, okay, she's on the show. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That was sort of my, my first experiencing a trans character on screen. Um, but here it's just like full throttle, Everyone's at the forefront. Um, So, yeah. And going back to what you said uh, about the whole... I don't want to harp on this too much, but the Stan and Angel thing. I guess what I really wasn't vibing with, I, I wasn't completely sure what either character wanted out of it. Yeah. Because, like, for Stan, it's like... Does he Is he not happy at home? Does he want something on the side? Does he want to be specifically with Angel because she's trans so he can get that sort of, you know, I guess, experimentation? Does he want both? And then on Angel's side, does she want a relationship with this guy? Is she doing it just for the money? You know, she accepted the apartment and everything, but then she's putting effort into, like, making, like, Christmas cookies for him and everything. So I'm just sort of like... I'm not really sure what either character wants out of this thing, right? And the show doesn't really—you know what I mean? It doesn't really sort of coalesce for me.
0: I what um, I, think, I think maybe I'm feeling and how I'm agreeing with you is that th- this storyline suffers greatly compared to the other ones. You know, the other storylines yeah. are so strong yeah. that it 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 pales by comparison. Because really, no, yeah. and we're all sick of seeing. The bored white guy from the cul de sac story. I don't give a shit about you. Like, even though you're Evan Peters and I love you and you're delicious and I want to hang out with you. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't, we don't want to hear this motherfucker's story. So, yeah, I don't know.
1: And I don't want to hear, I don't want to see another woman being cheated on by your husband. Like, I, I'm just kind of sort of yeah. over it. Yeah. Honestly. And, she, and her, her his wife wasn't doing anything wrong other than the fact that she signed him up for psychiatric help for wanting to be in a relationship with Angel. And how would she know? I mean, we know that in 2018.
0: That's weird. But like Patty doesn't know that back in the day. She's like, that's true. Got to figure it out.
1: Yeah, that's true. And
0: one of also just Um, a misuse of Kate Mara. Like, again, she feels like furniture. I feel like the straight woman's getting like, I do feel like the the straight woman's getting the dirty end of the stick here. I know there's a lot of hate uh, for straight women these days. I feel you. But I'm also, because I am a writer, I don't believe it. If you're going to put a woman in a story, don't make her a piece of furniture. Please just, whatever it is, just don't make her a piece of furniture. She doesn't need to be saved, you know? She also doesn't need to be like superhero size. Just make her a normal ass person, just going through normal ass emotions. And maybe, again, you have a large cast here. Um, You have a 48 minute slot, you have eight episodes to get your show introduced. Season Mm -hmm. two is probably going to be 10 to 12 episodes. I feel like hopefully they'll take this story in the right direction. It won't get derailed because there's a lot of expectation. I mean, there's all these like cool little stories too. I was just remembering like um, a Damon's dance teacher. Uh, I love her so much. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. She's again like these two mothers talking, you know, there's the school mom. And then there's the house mom talking about this child's future and how he does this wonderful thing where he's like, I'm not going to go on tour with this thing. He's going to give his boyfriend the chance because his boyfriend is not at mm. the dance school or whatever. You know, He's going to let him go, and we're going to see some trouble because you know that boyfriend ain't going to be faithful. Um, mm. But like, he's going to go to school, you know. and, and Blanca – I love the advice that Blanca gives him. She says, I'm not going to tell you what to do.
1: Absolutely, yes. I
0: want to let you make yeah. up your decision and I'm going to support you. She yeah. didn't come out because you know she's had that hand on her neck and she knows that Damon doesn't need that. And I was just applauding the shit out of the, these kinds of moments on the show. It's like, mm-hmm. seriously, y'all, if you want to learn how to parent somebody, watch Pose. You know, I've been a godparent to children. In two situations, they were kids who came out and weren't allowed to live at home, you know? Again, how I related to the story, Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm not a parent. I don't know how how this works, but I would just have to, like, kind of guide my way through it. And I feel like that's what Blanca's doing. And she's giving some real-world advice without that just kind of that helicopter, too much pressure, you do what I say kind of thing. Because she truly loves this child, she truly loves yes. this boy and wants him to rise. And that that probably touches me more than anything. And I also got, why she yeah. threw Poppy out of the house, I was sitting there when she was about to throw him out. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. She's sitting on the couch with her legs wide open. She's all mad. She's just sitting there mad. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, she's going to do it.
1: She's going to do it. Yeah. So. Well, can I just, I love that Damon made the decision to not jump at the chance to to go on this tour and to keep like working and honing his craft. I think that's such a great message. It is. Especially in a day, like, especially in days like today, like at least for me, I probably very honestly, if I was in his shoes and it was 2018, probably would have gone on that tour. Yeah. Um, and but i think it's interesting also because damon throughout the show has sort of been jumping into everything as well like he jumped into going to that dance performance and instead of going like on a date with ricky you know and jumping into ricky himself can i can't just say ricky is super fine yes yes he uh, <laughs> he's like a young john boyega mm-hmm. that's who that's who he reminded me mm-hmm. of um, but yeah i loved i loved damon he was you know ryan jamal swain Perfect, perfect choice. And can I can of also say the whole dance situation too was like super accurate because when I was in high school, I went to this magnet arts school that sort of encompassed like music, musical theater, theater, dance, visual arts, instrumental music, um, and I, I would go sometimes go and watch dance rehearsals and go to dance concerts, and the teachers are very much like that. They're very like tough love, you know, sort of people. Um, so it was it was really nice to see that. And when he was auditioning to get into the school, loved that part, and how he sort of like broke down at the end. I thought it was just really powerful. It was really lovely. Amazing. It was so yeah. lovely.
0: I love these characters. And again, there's a little bit with a Ryan Murphy joint. There is always going to be a whiff. Sometimes it's a whiff. Sometimes it's a sledgehammer of camp and over the topness. Mm-hmm. But I think it's his relatability. I mean, Ryan Murphy is very much aware that he is telling a story. Um, he's not trying to make it seamless into real life. That's not what he does. That's not his milieu. Mm. His whole thing yeah. is putting characters on the canvas that do pop out at you. He is so good at like that kind of way of doing it. So if you're coming here for like Soderbergh shit, that's not his lane. That's not what Brian does, and I mean, Ryan does. I think he embraces yeah. this his own way of doing it. I mean, you know you're watching a Ryan Murphy piece um because mm-hmm. there is a little bit of an element. There's just times where I'm like, like I think candy and what is candy so there's candy and then her arch her her uh, uh character it's Lulu her and partner. candy are the ones yeah. who start their own house, the House of uh, Ferocity. They're a little yes. bit two-dimensional villains in the end. Mm-hmm. Like, fetch my coffee, yeah. boy. Like, all a of a sudden, they just, they've just they just forgotten that they've been <laughs> trampled upon, and they're just kicking Poppy while he's down. I'm like, that's, see, that's the campness mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Like, you have to have some nemesis uh, in Candy and Lulu just being, like, yeah, total cunt whore bitches and i'm just like okay we, that's a little over the top but you because you see the big wings on electro and she just comes flying in you know she's just gonna light on somebody and just like pull her head off i love that <laughs> oh so good the final read so good Ugh, love the costuming like i gotta tell you again i was in new york in the 80s a lot um i felt like we were there the music y'all are don't even aware that happened in the show that put me time and place. <laughs> um, just being in the room in the balls, I felt like we went back in time. It's you just you don't want that hour to end, you know, because yeah, you feel like you're spending yeah, time totally. with like friends, you feel like you're spending time with your own little family. It's a very heartwarming warming show. I just i I can't say enough about how uplifting this show is. As much as it deals with like mm-hmm. some crazy shit, so
1: well, I also want to see how the show sort of deals with um Pratel and Blanca's sort of diagnosis, like yes. does the show have now have like sort of a shelf life now that they you know characters you know have aids um so we'll see we'll see I think two or three seasons is probably a a good amount, yeah, um, I never want shows to go on. Too long. Too long. So
0: you don't want them to be supernatural yeah. long. God no. <laughs> season twenty four supernatural. God no. Season thirty two of The Simpsons. God yeah. You were you were having that same concern, weren't you? Like you've been worried about Pray Tell and Blanca as well.
2: Yeah, I was worried about you know because we we ended season one on such a high note. It's like oh no, what's going to happen? Everybody's
0: way too happy around that yeah, dinner it's just, table. Yeah. Somebody gonna die.
2: It's just it's exactly you know, too many, too many good feelings and too many nice story endings.
0: And because, you know, everyone's what's
2: suspiciously happy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. hmm. I was watching something recently. Um, oh, it's this French film. Uh, One hundred and uh, BPS. Uh, if you really want to go to there, I would not recommend watching this if you're not in a good place. But it was so beautifully done. It was this—I just found it randomly on Hulu. Was bored and was taking a writing break and just wanted to sit down and clock a movie. And just I wanted to see something I had never seen. So I'm going through the recommended list on Hulu, mm-hmm. which I would never do. That's just like going shopping at Walmart. I'm like, well, I can go over to HBO or Showtime or like you know over here to iTunes. These people know what they're doing. But I was like, I'll just go fishing around in Hulu and the <laughs> you know the one dollar barrel bin. This film blew me away because it took me back to my activist days in Atlanta. And then my friend's story is from uh, New York. And it's about a the Acta Paris group. Um, it is heavy and dark as shit, but it's kind of a really important film in that it tells that story probably better than any of the stories I've seen. It's not overwrought. It's beautifully shot. It's very quiet. Um, mm-hmm. It, I think, aptly captures so many elements and so many emotions and so many real life actions of the time um so it's either bps you can either see it as or it's also sometimes known as 180 bps beats per minute bpm beats per minute and it is uh Mm. wow so just gonna say i'm gonna recommend that Um, I just, that's all I got to say about Pose. I think it's, um, y'all should watch it if you haven't. It's really worth your time. And if you want to hear the voice, the beautiful songbird voices of Billy Porter and MJ Rodriguez. Oh, my God. That, that duet at the hospital.
1: I loved that. Absolutely loved that.
0: Both of them singing and then the duet. That towed me up. I needed to be hailed. I needed to be hailed when that was over. (laughs) i was over on the couch just like and ian's we have two couches we both have our own couch in the tv room and so i was on my own couch just like and Ian's like reaching toward me like are you okay and i'm like let me be alone by myself for a second uh and just what an amazing fucking voice billy has and mj i mean my god they're so surprising so cool so we're still clocking we're trying to catch up with penny dreadful um yes Dude, we have so much to talk about. I was there today watching Patti LuPone die all over again, just screaming at the TV and crying and shit. It's terrible. Uh, So that's coming very soon, everyone. Uh, And if you have been watching The Clues, that... um, By the way, Andre's been taking on social media, and he does such a better job with me. I basically put up a stick figure and go, what this? I don't even hashtag anything properly. (laughs) So if you've noticed the change in tone on our social media, that's because a real person who knows what the fuck they're doing is actually doing our social media rather than my half-assed. Look at stuff. (laughs) This is from there. Um, So, yeah. So hats off to Andre for taking on our social media. He's awesome. Uh, but he's my he's my been pleasure. giving out clues, and I kind of blew the clue, so he, when he puts it up, just act like you didn't hear me say what we're working on next, because you can answer the question. And do hit us up with questions. Uh, you want to plug, again, how people can get in contact with us? Do, do we want to say sure. this? Do we want to say, if you're like really, really interested, you can uh, get on the show and talk to the three of us if there's something you're really passionate about. We can try to remote you in. So we can do that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, if you guys have any you know, thoughts or comments about what we just talked about or past episodes, um, our email, again, is ashlandpodcast at gmail.com. Um, Twitter and Instagram is at and our website, ashlandpodcast.com, Pretty straightforward. Um, and you, again, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and also our website, correct? Yes. That's it. Yes.
0: And I'm about yes. to put us up on Google Play. I just haven't gotten around to it. So once I get that up and running on Google Play, you have another place. Um, oh, cool to okay. to listen to it one more time. We have uh, I want to give a shout out. We have um, people listening in Norway now, uh, Uruguay, thank you very much. We have people listening in Poland and Russia.
2: Cool. and shout out
0: to our friends uh, uh, our listeners in Australia. Uh, thank you guys for listening. and also Great Britain. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, and also Canada. We love you so much. and of course, here in North America, please thanks uh, for listening to us. Also, we have two listeners in Algiers. Hello. and then we have two listeners and it just says africa i'm trying to find your city so let me know if you're listening in africa tell me exactly where you are in fact wherever you are listening to this from tell me the, the the city send me your address no i'm just kidding uh tell me the town that you're listening in and tell us why you listen and tell us what irks you about the podcast be nice if you're a jerk i cannot hear i cannot hear bullshit i've heard too much of it in my 54 years (laughs) on this earth and if you are mean and hateful i cannot hear you i will go deaf but if you are nice and cool and have some polite constructive criticism i'm willing to hear shit about myself all day long right yeah okay this has been fun as hell i love doing these things with you andre we're having such a good time we were just talking about it at dinner we really enjoy doing this podcast uh, podcast with you podcast thank
1: you i love talking to you guys
0: yeah you're super fun uh okay so uh we love you guys thank you for listening take care of yourself and get a lot of rest and hydrate and uh yeah don't sweat the small things and stay off the fucking internet it's crazy out there motherfuckers all right y'all peace peace peace